Welcome back to the Flying Lion Podcast. We're here today for our 15th episode. Time's flying by, Sam. We had two big games this past week for FC Cincinnati, a U.S. Open Cup game that, you know, frankly didn't quite end as we wanted, but was a great game, you know, maybe as a neutral fan. Um, and then a great win against NYCFC for the MLS season um, in one of our match days. So, Sam, how are we doing tonight? Doing okay. Uh, you know, the past week was a roller coaster of a week. Um, obviously, last Wednesday being the game that it was, and then you know, sun Sunday or it was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. I, I, I oh, think <laughs> Columbus playing on Sunday like that sure. kind of messed me up. Um, but yeah, Saturday um, was a little bit more of a take a deep breath. We're still first place in the East by ten points. So. Um, yeah. How, how are you feeling coming off this past week? Good and bad, man. That's what I would say. Just based on, like you said, Sunday going into Wednesday, you're amped up for the game. I mean, me and you, we both got there early. We showed up, you know, we wanted to at least see Messi warm up. I mean, just as a fan, like number one and, you know, seeing all of that, but number two, cause it was so dang hot outside. We didn't want to do the March. So we kind of wanted to just get in the stadium. Um, so from, I guess that standpoint of things we can touch on it real quick. It was cool to see one of the best of all time, you know, up close and personal from that standpoint. But again, like we're FC Cincinnati fans, you know, and we're here for our team. And that's the main reason why we were there you know, watching that competition. So we'll kind of dive into it um, for the U.S. Open Cup semifinal game. Again, we were playing Inter-Miami. Um, Sam, I thought we came out with pretty much our strongest lineup that we had available, especially coming off of, uh, you know, a tough crew game on that Sunday. Yeah, I, I think available is the right word. Obviously, we're still missing Mascara. And, you know, I don't – I mean, before his injury, you know, Baji has kind of been a, a – a bigger piece than Santos was right as of recent, but, you know, before, like I said, before he was out. So um, having those two guys out, um, you know, didn't have as much depth as, you know, we would like, but that's been happening for the past couple of weeks. Right. So I could agree with you, you know, the, the lineup was really good. Um, it was a formidable lineup against, you know, one of the greatest of all time. So um, yeah, I, I thought we started out the game pretty well. Right. So you start out with the goal from, from Lucho um, kind of a, a, a flute goal, if you want to kind of call it, but I mean, he got the job done and, and finished into the, the bottom left um, squeaked in there, but I kind of, I liked how he got there. I, that's all that mattered to me was it was in the back of the net at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're happy when the ball goes in the net, no matter how it does, um, especially for your best player the Argentinian, you know, arguably best number 10 on the field, if you want to say that at the moment. Um, but as Sam was referring to in the 18th minute, um, we have a ball that's bouncing up for um, Aaron Bupenza that heads the ball on. Lucho takes the ball in, kind of gets deflected on a left-footed shot, but it sneaks in. So we're going to take that. And yeah. me and you were pumped, man. <laughs> I was ready to go. We had talked about it all week, how we wanted to start off quick against them. Cool that's first. been their MO, you know, since this league's cup kind of run for them is they score early and it kind of puts them on the front foot. So um was happy to see that go in and we kind of wrote out the half. We had some decent chances. We had some fairly good possession as well. I think we did a good job at frustrating Messi and company as well. Um I, I saw many a 
Sergio Busquez kind of throw his hands up and be like, what the heck is going on and get frustrated. So that was the way to definitely play them. And in the first half, we kind of showed that even going into a little bit of the second half. Um, Real quickly, I wanted to touch on the fact one big point with the goalkeepers. Um, We said we would be confident in having either one. Well, we saw a really good Alec can, um, you know, come out and start that match. I think that was one of the bigger things that we wanted to see is how we would line up with that um, to start. We'll touch on it a little bit later, maybe on his play, but um, at least seeing the lineups and kind of touching on that, like I said, in the first half, I was happy to see him out there uh, for another cup competition. Yeah, I I would say it it was kind of what we were expecting, right? We were thinking, you know, Celentano stick with the MLS and, you know, we'll have Khan be the kind of the open cup leagues cup, kind of the, the cup guy. Right. So um yeah kind of as expected didn't play too bad um you know the, the, this first half he kind of held his own which was really good um but you know second half different story yeah we can kind of probably move on a little bit into that i think after we score the goal like i said we created some chances but ultimately it was you know we were playing a high line we weren't allowing them to get behind we kind of carried that into the second half going in with a 1-0 lead i felt fairly confident with that pretty good about where the scoreline stood, but, you know, definitely as an FC Cincinnati fan, you want to see another goal. You want to kind of build on that. And that's what we got uh, early on in the second half. Um, you know, we had a really good build up play where we swing the ball out wide to Santiago Arias. Uh, Arias goes down the right side there, whips the ball into Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez takes, I think, maybe one touch and then blasted or was it right away? I can't remember if it, I thought it was right was. away. Might've been, I mean, it was just a laser of a shot into the bottom left corner. Just unbelievable from him. I mean, all those guys had to be playing so amped up. The only one that I felt like that maybe was amped up for a separate reason was Arias. You know, he had played him before. It wasn't necessarily like a shock of playing this big of a player, but more of like, he hasn't really played a ton of minutes recently and wanted to show and prove that he was, you know, raring, ready to go and wasn't intimidated by him. So, so early, early shout out, um, a little bit of foreshadowing here, but, um, Arias, we, we didn't pick him for, for Jersey swaps this week, but shout out to him definitely deserves a Jersey swap. So if we would have had, you know, a third member on this pod today, yeah. definitely would have deserved a shout because he, he played, just as well as I would say Acosta did um, during this Inter-Miami game. Yeah. Arias brought the heat. He was by far the better player against him and Alba. Just absolutely dominated and and, and kind of gave it to the, the old Barcelona players, given that Atletico Madrid really like grit defense, um, which is really cool. And he was tracking back um, and actually probably stopped a couple goal-scoring chances and, and right. build-up play. Um, that kind of saved us from, you know, maybe conceding a little earlier. So that was really great to see from his end for sure. Yeah. Especially like we had touched on, like he was back in Columbia over a league's cup break for a lot of it. Hadn't really played a ton since our last MLS game, um, going back to Nashville, not even, you know, Columbus game. We didn't really even see him too much. So, you know, for him to come in and to play that way, that's the old Santiago Arias from Atletico Madrid from Columbia national team. And that really showed his quality at the highest of levels to me. Uh, Like Sam said, I I felt like he was probably one of our most underrated players, but probably one of the best um, during that entire game Um, making tackles on, you know, the comeback 
whether it's recoveries. I mean, we have our right back and our left back wing backs play up so high. So getting back, you know, making tackles, not being afraid to go in against these guys. Um, he's played at that level before, so he kind of showed that for sure. Um, and then for playing, I was going to say playing 120 minutes and yeah. bearing his PK. I mean, just a stellar performance. So good shout out, Sam. I like that as a third jersey swap. Um, we could probably move on a little bit more into the second half. You can take us a little bit into what happened right after we scored, um, you know, from Vasquez's standpoint. Yeah, so the obviously uh, the next goal of the game would be Inter-Miami's goal. Um, so it would be 2-1 at that point, 68th minute, um, compound, from a beautiful cross from Messi. Um, just not not much you can do with that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, this was this yeah this was just like what a ball like put it right on his head exactly and it was one of those things where it kind of came out of the blue to be honest because fc had a lot of the momentum um i mean second half it was kind of back and forth but first half we had a lot of momentum um so maybe the tides were turning here you know but we did just score you know what 15 minutes earlier so um the big change for them was i think tato martina their coach um puts in you know three subs yeah, right away. Yeah, right after we score. Yeah, you know, right away you can see a difference. You bring in Kramaski, I think the young guy. Um, I think Noel Beck or something. I forget his name. Noel Allen, I think his name was another guy that they had brought in. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, all those guys bring the energy right away. And then to Sam's point, kind of out of the blue, um, I believe Arias gets called for a foul. Uh, where he supposedly pushes the guy over on that side, which leads to that free kick opportunity. Kind of a questionable penalty or foul, if you want to call it there, but um, unfortunate, definitely unfortunate. So then, you know, we're talking after that goal, it's 2-1. I mean, as everyone always says in soccer, 2-0 is usually the most dangerous scoreline to have as, you know, being um, in front. So they get one back, they're kind of building in their confidence. And it's kind of unfortunate, like Sam and I had mentioned, you know, it was such a hot night that night that it really was starting to take a toll on the players and playing on Sunday, I think had also kind of played into that as well. So towards the end of the game, you start to see guys go down with cramps. You see guys come out with some knocks. Um, You know, we end up taking Lucho off, you know, at one point and he's, I think from Pat's standpoint, really trying to preserve, um, you know, and just try to kind of survive in a way. And I, and I kind of hate that in some ways, but at the same time, I can't say we didn't have chances, Sam. Um, we bring in Kubo and he has two chances right away on, yeah. you know, breakthroughs that he's one-on-one with the keeper that he doesn't, you know, finish. And then uh, at one point we have a corner and the ball gets kind of whipped through. It yeah, bounces then... up, hits his hand, uh, which at first, you know, me and you were like, <laughs> what happened? We thought it was a goal. Yeah. Um, but then looking back on it, it seems like it's the right call. But it, it's not like we didn't have chances, I think, is the bottom line from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in between that that first goal for Inter-Miami and the, and the second one, we definitely had chances to, quote unquote, put the game away. Right. Um, and it it was just unfortunate to to see all all that momentum that we had um especially towards the end we had possession right um, Miami kept trying to punch it in and you know credit to our our subs at that point for kind of holding them off unfortunately they didn't do it the right way yeah 
I think that kind of leads into the the interesting sub to bring in Gaddis and Powell in the back line and get rid of Murphy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I see where he's going with experience there and trying to kill off games, but you know, that's one part of things, but then tell the rest of the players how to kill off a game properly. I mean, my biggest gripe of this whole game was the inability to tell Sergio Santos to go to the corner and waste time. And that for me was the most frustrating thing. And I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I think it's a good coaching moment to teach them you have a lead, you're in the 90th minute, 90 minute plus, you know, we have a corner at one point, play the ball to your other guy there and kill the game in the corner. Santos has a breakaway. He decides to play the ball across instead of taking it down to the corner right in front of our bench. I mean, to me, that's on coaching. That's on not preparing them on how to kill games off. I get that guys were tired. I get their legs were dead. But if you can't run that fast and get it down there, just boot it down there then, you know, just put it down into the corner for a throw in. Um, so in some ways, it's a learning moment. And I hope you really can kind of take this and build on it for playoffs. You know, that would be my big takeaway. Yeah, I think to your point, the whole, you know, I, I know we had talked about it on the way back, but the whole scenario of game management, right? Um, mm-hmm. And how to, you know, critically and kind of, um, I guess, strategically time waste, right? right. And I, I think they just got scared of the moment a little bit. I, yeah. I think Santos, I mean, to your point, breakaway, Right. He's got who's at Kubo, I think, on his in right. The middle, yeah. Yeah, that he's trying to play into the middle. Yep. But you could see his hesitation at first. Like he doesn't want to play the ball. But then like his I feel like his eyes got big and was like, Well, what if we do score? <laughs> what if we go score? <laughs> yeah, what if we do score a third goal? You know, then I'm gonna be a hero or something, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think to sit there and, and watch that last five minutes of extra time, like we had one of the greatest players of all time on the ropes. Right. Nobody else in the MLS can say that they were at that point. Like it it was just, we, we had the game in our hands, like it was right right there. So it's just, it's unfortunate. We had to shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah. I mean, let it serve. Like, again, we're saying as a learning moment, that's the biggest thing that I can say now that we've had a few days to kind of look at what happened, but um, you know, what ends up happening for those who somehow didn't see what happened uh, you know, Messi plays an unbelievable ball to Campania right over Powell's head for another header uh, to tie the game and to, you know, send it in extra time. Um, U.S. Open Cup rule is that you play extra time to 15 minute halves. You know, I Sam, I, I've never seen a stadium more deflated after that goal. We go into extra time, those two 15 minutes and you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, everyone was so amped with what was going on, and that was the most deflating moment I think I've ever seen in FC Cincinnati history. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have you have the time in between, right? So when the final whistle blew and you're about to, you know, prepare for extra time, like everybody was dead. Everybody was like kind yeah. of just still in shock. Like Barrial was literally like having his leg worked on at every moment of yeah. the last like 10 the man, minutes. The man, yeah, the, the man was on one leg for sure. <laughs> yeah, I and then, you know, to to kind of progress into extra time, um, that that same pin drop feeling happens, yeah. you know, literally just three minutes after. Yeah, the FC Cincinnati killer, Joseph Martinez, strikes. Yeah. 
So they score, they go up, and you're even more deflated. I mean, I felt like there was no hope at that point. You have well, the best you, of all who, time. Yeah, who's who's going to score for us, right? So right. that feeling of right. like, we right. don't have anybody to look to at all yeah. to score. Like you can't like point at somebody and be like, yeah, I trust them. Right. At least 50% to score. Like I didn't even have that feeling. No, I, I was definitely feeling that way. And to our surprise in the second part of the extra time there, you know, Kubo plays an unbelievable shot. shot into the corner and we tie it up and then you're elated. And then you, you feel the vibes again and you, you get built up. So again, from a neutral standpoint, unbelievable game. Oh yeah. We Absolutely. end up going to PKs, which can be a crap shoot. Like we've talked about before. Um, biggest thing I want to take away now we've had a couple of days to kind of dwell on it. We had, you know, a five, three end up result for Miami end up winning the PKs. They did well with their PKs, even with some young guys, they had really good shots can, can do better in goal for the PKs. In my opinion, he's got to be more decisive in where he's picking to go. Um, But don't put Nick Hagelin in that situation, you know, to some other people's points, you know, who else are you going to go to Obi? You know, go to Angulo, you know, go to uh, I forget uh, who the last one was. There's another outfield player. You know, don't go to another center back who maybe has never taken a PK in that situation. Um, And, you know, future glance to the next game, Nick made up for it and credit to him for that. Um, So. Sam, we hardly said a word to each other on the way home. We were so deflated. I was really curious to see how Saturday was going to go in a response and credit to the boys. We'll kind of transition now over to it. Um, we play NYCFC this past Saturday, and we just come out dominant. I mean, within the first 10 minutes of the game, I mean, even five minutes of the game, we just show our quality and that, hey, we're the shield leaders, and this is how we want to how we want to roll. So um, Sam, kind of walk me through just real quickly here on a lineup standpoint and maybe the beginning of the game. Yeah, from a, from a lineup standpoint, it was relatively similar. Um, and I think a guy that absolutely deserved this start was Halsey. You know, we were calling for him to you know, at least get a start to see what, right. you know, he had in him. Because for the past couple of games, you know, those last those past three losses, right, he was the guy bringing the energy off the bench for us. Um, you know, whether we were down or, or if it was tie game up, didn't matter. He was bringing the energy. And so really cool to see him be able to start um i was in the same kind of breath i was happy to see um that we gave barrial some rest based off the last game for real I mean, what you were just saying you know the man was walking off the field literally like on one leg they had to push him up the field during the inner miami game just so he wouldn't <laughs> be a liability in the back right. line but right. yeah it, it was nice to see a little bit of refresh i, I guess a refreshed look um yeah. a little bit with halsey in there in the back but yeah, for the most part, came out firing. Energy was high. I'm so happy that they had this type of game at home, like after that loss at home. Like it it definitely made up for it, for sure. Yeah, I I think that's, you know, you nailed it perfectly. Um, I had put a poll up on Twitter about, you know, Obi goes out this game for yellow card suspension. So I was really curious to see who we play in the middle with Mourinho. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had three guys that I listed. I had Kubo. Angulo and Pinto kind of as the options to see what everyone thought. And uh, the vote was actually higher on Angulo to start, Um, you know, and I I think a lot of people had some more confidence in him, the way he's been playing lately. 
Um, and personally, I, I thought Kubo was going to come in. Just I also I also thought I picked Kubo. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that, you know, he the way he played the last game, the way we've seen him kind of historically play this year, Pat's going to go with those guys that he trusts in a bounce back game like that. Um, and Kubo gets the start and plays pretty well. I mean, pretty yeah. serviceable out there. Doesn't do anything flashy, but was diving all over the place, was really making some good plays. Um, so, you know, to kind of progress here, the first couple minutes of the game, we like said, you know, we come out firing and all of a sudden we have a ball where we're played it out to the width for Halsey and to Sam's credit for pointing it out. Halsey plays a great ball. I think a shot actually across yeah. um, makes the keeper, you know, make a pretty good great save. save. Yeah. Great save. Finally, we kind of get the reverse of a shot that deflects <laughs> into a goal. Yeah. So keeper makes the save, bounces out, and there's Bupenza to head it in. Dang. And then with the uh, back foot, you know, celebration to go with it. I think it was a back foot or front foot? Uh, I think it was a back foot. I think it was a back, back foot. foot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a back foot. Because he spun around. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of did a little spin around. But uh, first of many to come. So I'm really pumped to see that. So we get off, you know, on the right foot. I think, like, you know, to your message of, you've played these bad games in a row. Let's come out and just show what we got. And I think he kind of had him play a little bit more free. You bring a guy in that's young, that isn't, you know, caught up into a system as much and just is able to kind of express himself. Just one Halsey. So that's kind of what we needed. And um, we play through to a one Oh, you know, first half. Um, I I feel like New York kind of keeps it a little bit interesting in some aspects. And I think you're in touch on that. Yeah, the, yeah, they had their chances. I was going to say, they, they, I mean, a couple of times there were those little dribblers that went right by the post that, you know, yeah. I was like, Celentano, you got to get at least a finger or something on that. Like that was that was right. pretty close. So they did have their chances um, in that first half. But um, luckily, you know, once again, going to the half back-to-back games with a 1-0 lead. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we capitalized on it in the second half. Yeah, 52nd minute we come out and, uh, one of the best workup plays I've seen in a while for us. Mm-hmm. We kind of ping it around out wide with Lucho Mourinho do a little one, two, we play a through ball. Lucho kind of runs down the side and loses his footing actually, but is able yeah. to miraculously find Mourinho. It doesn't even look like he looked up to see where he's at, but just knows that he's going to be at the PK spot. So yeah, somebody's there. Yeah. Unbelievable how he gets a foot on it to play it to him. And Mourinho just puts it away. I mean, just a great workup, you know, build up to kind of create a two Oh scenario that, Hey, we were just in this situation before. Let's see what we can do. You know, um, after that point, I, I think we can still kind of touch on it too, is that, they keep it kind of interesting. There's um, at one point a ball that's whipped into the box that Celentano's got to make a point blank save on. Great save, yeah. Um, he had another one that I think was fairly, you know, straight on as well. So um, New York has pretty good depth, even though, you know, James Sands, that was one of the guys you had to look out for at their center mid. He was out this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, to our credit, kind of kept the, you know, the pedal down and we really showed our quality. Um, even on tired legs with some maybe backups in some positions. Um, we, again, you know, create more chances towards the end. And then, Sam, go ahead and tell me what happens next. Yeah, and then that next goal, 59th minute, um, he redeems himself from the previous game, um, the Cincinnati kid, Nick Hagelin. Um, second best header of the season from him. Um, 
the first being obviously <laughs> his own goal. <laughs> but I mean, once again, you know, what what accuracy? Top bins. Uh, I mean, definitely you could see the goal meant a lot to him. The goal meant a lot to the fan base. You you yeah. you look look at the crowd during that goal. They wanted that for him. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, you look at the past week on Twitter. A lot of people, a lot of FCC fans were defending Nick Haglin, like a lot more than it's I good. would have, which is, which right. is good, right? Yeah. Would I have been one of those people? Probably not. The, <laughs> the, the mindset that I was in last week, probably not. But yeah. like I said, he made up for it. Um, and I, it was really, it, it felt good to, to see him kind of get that goal. Kind of a funny moment on this, um, looking at his Instagram and he's posting his celebration. Did you happen to see what he did after the goal? Yeah, I did. That was pretty good. So, you know, he's kind of doing like he's eating the skyline there, but he makes a good kind of comment on the way that you're supposed to eat it. You know, he says to cut it, not swirl it. So kind of interesting point from Nick there on how to eat skyline, but I love it. I'm all, I'm all there for it. Um, so yeah, we go up 3-0. That kind of kills the game. I think it gives us a little bit more liberty. Um, we end up putting, you know, Valisuela in there, Dado or Gerardo, um, which is cool to get some other guys experience too. Yeah. Um, and we just kill off a game finally. You know, really that's the biggest thing I took away from it is we found a way without Mascara to really get a solid win in this as well. Um, so back line, good job. Um, special shout again to Halsey. You know, well, he'd be our another, honorable yeah. jersey swap too, but go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I think another, you know, kind of honorable would be Celentano for this game. I mean, yeah. talking about the two kind of saves that, that you know, stand out to me, um, thought he played a, a great game, right? Showed this was the Celentano that we had been seeing the first half of the season, that goalkeeper that right. c- continued to be this throughout his entire career, right? Um, and he showed up and that's 10 clean sheets on the year for him. Now that's double digits, which is pretty cool. Um, he got to be the most in our history, right? In oh, a single season. So, yeah. Yes. I easily. think going back to USL as well. Yeah. So he's, he's playing pretty well. Um, yeah. I mean, already what 22, 23 and the best goalkeeper we've ever had in our history. Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy's solid yeah the guy's pretty solid um I he's think only he's, trailing uh the top spot for yeah. clean sheets yeah by one so yeah pretty cool to see but yeah i think that's a great shout i mean you get different players like that that play great games that fill in for others that maybe don't play as great of a game um i think did you have another point to that too well so i didn't know i didn't know if we were going to cap this off but i, I did want to make another kind of point um or, or factoid on the the game itself but um i saw in the the recap notes shout out to the communications department but the the sweep marked the first uh opponent which fcc has beaten three times in a single season which is really cool oh wow that's pretty cool yeah, yeah that's awesome i didn't realize that one um Beating up especially on FCC, yeah and we hadn't beat them prior to this year yeah you know, so that's huge for, for us and our, our club. Um, big market. Also, <laughs> what's that? A big, big market too, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, kind of interesting as well with that. I mean, we tied the home record for uh, points, I think, based on the amount of games that we've played so far too. So yeah. just setting records all over the place as even through this tough period of time, we're still kind of keeping up with it, which is awesome. Um, but uh, 
looking down at the agenda here, Sam, I'm kind of interested. Let's, let's hear this trivia of the week. All right. All right. Yeah. It's a little bit of a special one. Um, you know, I, I was really, really, you know, satisfied with the start that Halsey had. And so this kind of inspired the trivia uh, of the week for us here. But um, so Brett Halsey became the 73rd different player in FC Cincinnati club history to start an MLS game or an MLS regular season match. Um, how many players have made their first FCC start this year? Uh, MLS season only, correct? Yes. This year alone, I'm going to go with five. Five. Can you give me five players for extra points? Halsey. Mascara. Angulo. Arias. And... Oh man, this is gonna be tough on the last one. Um, I'm trying to think for. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I can't think of another one. Who am I? <laughs> who am I blanking on? Maybe I might go four. Then you go four. Should I lock in? I'll go four. I'll try. I got four. That's the four I'm gonna lock in. All right. So we're <laughs> gonna go with four for trivia of the week. Um, we'll uh kind of answer the trivia of the week here at the end of the episode but uh, in the meantime we're going to take a break uh, for our sponsors here real quick so agility is a technology driven soccer training facility so we offer six facets of training uh, that would be tech touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch the tsz uh, which is the esa equipment and working on decision making we also have a circuit uh, circuit training would be taking the esa equipment to the next level it's kind of like a soccer obstacle course then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. We're here chatting about, I guess, a better part of the second half of the week than the first, Sam. I, I feel much better about a 3-0 win against NYCFC, but um, I had a good question for you, but I totally forgot what it was going to be. <laughs> but anyway, um, I want to ride the high a little bit. I want to hear what your jersey swap of the week was. Yeah, let's go right into it. Obviously, you know, we talked about the multitude of shouts that you could have had this week from guys that kind of stood out specifically, you know, in the second game um, of the week, but um, I'm going to give my, my first Jersey swap to him this season, but um, Aaron Bupenza, um, I, I think based off of the second game, a little bit in the first, but based off the second game, I, th I think he's really coming into his own. Um, and, and it feels like, it, it just feels like he's about to break out at any moment. It really does. Um, one goal, one assist in two games, um, had the most progressive passes in the NYC FC game, which is really cool. And so in that game, you can kind of see him starting to gel with the Costa and Vasquez a little bit different than what we saw against Columbus. Right. Um, so the other thing that's really exciting for me on that is 
he's starting to get real close to those long distance shots <laughs> inching closer and closer, which I'm really, you know, really excited about. So um, Aaron Bupenza gets my Jersey swap of the week. Good shout. He had a good shot. You're referring to, I think after he scored, scored his first goal, he picks the yep. pocket of a guy and puts one just left of the goal, but Whew. you're right, dude. He is like so close from just ripping one from outside. And I would love to see it against, uh, you know, inner Miami though. He did have a goal. I believe that was called as offside. That is also true. So that one, you know, he plays it perfectly over the keeper, but just needs the time to run a little bit better. Um, I think you're right in this game. You see him more involved because he scores early on. So that kind of, you know, creates a yeah, better vibe for him and yeah. confidence, but some games he gets a little bit frustrated and I want him to keep his head up. Like there's going to be opportunities. Um, him and Lucho need to sit down in a room and just like duke it out or something and figure that out. But um, I, I think we're making a little bit too much out of that scenario. I think, they're going to get it together. It's just about finding the timing of runs and playing it behind. Um, this kind of ties into my Jersey swap. So I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you my Jersey swap of the week was Lucho. Um, just had an incredible week, you know, shocker. I mean, how many, you know, has it been now for me to say Jersey swap with him, but I mean, plays his idol scores a goal. Plays you know? better than his idol plays fantastic in that game emotional plays super super well i mean he was dancing on people and then you go into this next game as the captain after you have this ending you know and to get the guys fired up to you know create two assess two assists i mean just really really good for him um now is tied for first in goals plus assists in all, all of mls um with uh tiago uh, almada from atlanta um so Pretty cool to see that he's doing what he's doing. But uh, what I wanted to shout out about um, him, um, man, I just lost my train of thought for that, though, from Bupenza. Oh, getting it together, right? I think I was referring to that as um, getting him on the same page, though, um, and understanding where, what Lucho is doing. He, my, what I was going to bring up is has um, one of the best averages for, I guess, through balls that create goals um, in all of the league. So it's something that he does better than a lot of people. You know, I mean, I don't care what people want to say about Messi's through ball and that one that he scores on. The defense was trash. Lucho's vision, we see him do it on a nightly basis. The dude's playing yeah. balls through that no one else sees. So don't give me that he's the best at doing that. Lucho's been doing it all year. One, one example would be against NYCFC at their own grounds. You remember that ball to Barreal? Unreal. Yeah, I yeah. remember that one. Yeah. yeah, but betwixt the wickets. <laughs> right. That's right. I like that. I like that. But yeah, I, I think uh like we said though earlier, we had some honorable mentions for a jersey swap, and it was really hard to pick because some guys really stepped up this week uh in moments where, you know, honestly, we really needed it. We needed a big game. And um even from you know Halsey to step it up as a young guy, that's that's pretty cool to see. So on the flip side, Sam, what was your card of the week? Yeah, I mean Card of the week, like like I, like we talked about, is a roller coaster of a week. Um, so it's kind of hard to give a card of the week, especially after the result that we just had, where it's very like, well, you know, it, it evens out. But um, my card of the week is just Messi's impact that he's had on the MLS. It's just, it's not fair. Um, the guy's got eleven goals, six assists in eight games, um, making MLS defenders look like they play high school or adult men's league soccer 
Um, it's just on the flip side is it's not really a good look for the MLS and all of, you know, the defenses out there if they want to look like a top tier league. Right. So over the past or over the last three MLS regular seasons, uh, ninth place teams in each conference have as averaged about 43 points. Inter Miami needs 23 points from their final 11 matches to sneak over that 43 point mark. So um, Messi is going to be missing three games here because of the international break. So I don't think that that positive, you know, vibe that's with them right now is going to carry them into the playoffs, which to me, that would be, that would be not a good look for the MLS. Like I just said, yeah, because yeah, it's a fair point. It just shows like, one player can walk all over your entire league and you were before he came in, you were kind of a a surging top six, top seven, you know, league in the world teetering on top five. So yeah. Is it a star struck thing for you? Like, is it more of like these guys are better than what they play against him? Like obviously against us, we didn't back down. I mean, we, we didn't like necessarily, he he created good moments, but I didn't feel like we like gave it to him. You know what I mean? Like I felt like watching the Red Bulls highlight. No, they let yeah. the dude walk into the box like so, nothing was there. So there's a lot to touch on with the Red Bulls game and trying to like, hey, come see Messi score goals on us. But um, I I think to be honest with you, I think it's the MLS culture as it is the past couple of years. To be honest, and that's yeah. the signings of and encouraged signings of a lot of number nines, number tens, a lot of these, you know, ultra elite wingers rather than, oh my gosh, like, look at this defender that we got. Like, to be honest with you, when we signed Miazga, that was a huge deal to us because we got him from Chelsea. Like (laughs) that, that's, that, that's a huge defensive signing. And, you know, it should, honestly, the MLS should have made a bigger deal out of it. Right but they didn't because he wasn't a number nine. He wasn't a, not know, a flashy position, flashy number 10. Right? right. So I think that's the problem. It's an MLS problem. Yeah, that's a fair point. I never really thought about it that way. Um, you don't really get like high markings, I guess, from their standpoint, from like the most shutouts in the league, you know, you get it from the highest goal scorer or whatever, but contributions yeah, for sure. But to your point, I, I think that's a good shout. And I'm interested to see how, the league learns over time, like, you know, okay, now we've played him once when we play him again in October, it's like, how do we play him different? You know, obviously the first time we played and really didn't really necessarily back down, but you see it with some of the other teams on how they just kind of let him walk through. Like it's dreadful defending, um, which could be a bad look in the moment, but ultimately like historically Red Bulls have been like a more of a pressing team and like they don't give up a ton of goals, but like you're talking about the greatest to ever play. You're talking about him coming in in the second half and you know, the guys have already played that amount of time. And then you have Messi off the bench fresh, yeah. you know, like that. I mean, that's, that's different, but I don't know. You can chalk it up any way you want. Yeah. What was your card of the week? My card of the week was actually going to be, it was going to touch on a little bit about how Red Bulls, you know, finally filled up their stadium. Like, come on guys. Like it took that to do it. Like you're in a huge market. Um, But the more and more I thought about it, that would be part of mine, but I'm sick of the fact that Pat Noonan has not been coach of the week. Like we lost, you know, these games in a row and 
had a 3-0 dominant win at home, top of the supporter shield, and Inter Miami's coach, you know, wins away at Red Bulls and gets coach of the week, and he's only been in the MLS season for one week. Come on, Pat has been leading us all year and hasn't gotten one. I mean, is it a they expect us to win, you know, and then he gets his accolades later? Like, Pat doesn't care. He doesn't care, but I care. I mean, I want him to get, yeah. you know, what he deserves. I mean, just for them to come back and bounce back like they did without a couple of huge players as well and to get them motivated to do that, I, I, that's a credit to him. You know, unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's an absolute disrespect. And I think his players should be kind of talking like, hey, like this guy is leading us. Like he's he's yeah. our guy. Like he's the guy who's been coaching us, been, you know, kind of taking this team to what it is now and creating the formations that he has to kind of revolutionize right. not only what we're doing, but kind of like what the MLS has become, right? Yeah. And so it's been really cool to see the impact that he's had, you know, um, as this, you know, MLS kind of revolution begins. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's absolutely ridiculous that Pat hasn't at, le- at least once, not even one time season we're breaking records. Yeah. You, you know, week after week, we've got history books. Like we're in, we're in the history books, like already mm-hmm. tied for this, you know, first right. for this, like undefeated during like a whole bunch of records this season. And he has yet to win one. Like that's just, that's a slap in the face, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, to be honest. And I don't understand how that decision is made. Like, who the heck makes that call? You know, it's like the, it's like it's like the same people that make the calls for the Sports Center top ten. You're like, what? Like, what? What, <laughs> what? are you watching? <laughs> yeah, dude, I I'm there with you. And um, you know, part of that too. What was interesting is, um, you know, I was a little bit critical of him after the Inter Miami game, and feel like it was you know, do justice in that. But like, you know, we go up 2-0 in this next game and they learn from it. And, you know, maybe it's different competition, but you still took something away from it. And I bet you like he doesn't let that scenario happen again. Um, so that's that's a sign of a good coach and one that really is motivating his guys after, you know, such a down middle of the week game. You play Sunday, you play Wednesday, you're tired. You have guys that are cramping that are like, you know, not even like raring to get up for this game because it's a regular season game. And then they come out and they do that. I mean, how does he not even get any look at team of the week all year or, or yeah, all year. I don't understand yeah, it. Nothing. Yeah. I don't understand it at all, but um, you know, we're, we're really happy with how the week ended. We got some uh, important games coming up. Uh, another MLS regular season game on Wednesday. So by the time you're listening, it'll be tonight. Another um, double play. Uh, yeah, another another two games. But Atlanta away um, on turf, you know, in a kind of hostile environment where, you know, Nashville just lost 4-0. Um, so will be very interesting to see. Um, you know, everything is kind of pointing towards Mascara coming back on Saturday not being available for, you know, uh, the Atlanta game. And I I don't really want to push a player coming back from injury to play on turf, to be honest ten, with you. Ten, 10 points clear too. Yeah. I mean, it's a way I want our away record to be better for sure. And we've touched yeah. on that all year, but um, you know, let, let's try to get in there and just get a decent result. Um, I personally kind of foresee Barial to come back into the lineup 
Um, Arias will probably, in my opinion, get a break, and he might put Halsey out wide on the right. That might be a, a thing to look out for. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, any change in the midfield, you think? Uh, Obi's coming back, so that will be huge. Um, uh, he might go with Angulo in there with um, Mourinho. I, I don't know if uh, – or sorry, I said that wrong. Obi with Angulo, not Mourinho. Yeah. Um, I think he might try to do that, or uh, there was rumor out today that Bupenza did not train as well. Okay. Um, so might be interesting to see if he kind of rests, you know, him to get ready for a Saturday home game and maybe put Santos in there. But I don't know how we feel about that. Um, yeah, hopefully we're going to be getting some guys Kubo up there. <laughs> yeah, you could throw Kubo up there too. I think some people had some shouts for him, you know, playing up top, but. Uh, I just hope we get motivated to play down there. And Atlanta's, like I said, kind of riding a little bit of a high right now. Um, it'll be a good game. I'm really yeah. interested to see how that goes. And um, I guess what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so a little bit of preview on the game. I'm, obviously, last season, um, both meetings were draws. Um, so <laughs> fairly even last season. Um, not how it was in the previous seasons, right? <laughs> so we were fighting back. Uh, against them but yeah they've definitely had our number 16 goals in 10 games against fc cincinnati since we joined the mls so um definitely have racked up the goals on us um but i i think for me dude this is going to be awesome another battle of the argentine midfielders it'll it'll just be fun to watch The, the two top guys for mvp this season um both tied at goal contributions like It'll be really cool to kind of see the young gun versus, you know, Acosta. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole, I also want to touch on um, what you touched on to begin kind of the preview, which is the turf. Yeah. Right. So, um, so actually, you know, Atlanta United give some background is one of five MLS clubs to play on artificial turf. Right. So um, FC Cincinnati has an awful record on, on artificial turf, just awful. This season, they're 0-3. And then prior to 2023, FC Cincinnati is 1-6-3 when playing on the road on an artificial playing service. Wow. I, we got a tie in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken, earlier on in the year. Like, at least yeah. we got a draw in one of those. But you're right, dude. Our turf record just stinks. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. So, I mean, the ball bounces different on that, and that'll be interesting to see, like, how our defenders can kind of adapt to that. Um, the speed of play might be a little bit different with that too. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I, I think this will be a good game though. Um, Atlanta crowd always shows out obviously because they have a massive stadium to do so um, football stadium yeah. to do so. Football, um, right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to the game on when, or I, I guess today when the <laughs> podcast is coming out. Yeah. But, um yeah orlando on saturday though at home um the the last time out was earlier this season in orlando um mm-hmm. was another uh zero zero draw i believe i recall you zach and i saying this was probably the most boring game we saw you know at that point in the season um mm-hmm. it may still stand as one of those <laughs> um but it's definitely a game that FC Cincinnati should have won. Um, looking back at that game, we had, yeah. I believe, 1.2 expected goals. So yeah. um, to there, I think it was 0.3 or 0.4. So um, had a couple chances in that game. But 
it's similar to to Atlanta. I think Orlando has kind of had our number. Um, and they, they've been on fire as far as MLS games go. Um, I know we had the break for Leagues Cup, but they're kind of riding a three-game MLS win streak right now um, with seven goals in their last three MLS games, which is pretty mm-hmm. darn good. So um, I, I think specifically for the Orlando game, for me, who is FC Cincinnati going to lead to lose early? We've already seen one announced today um, or you know, yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast now, um, being Junior Moreno. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if we lose anybody else. I would assume they w- would have already announced it if they right. had. Um, but is it yeah. for the Saturday game that he'll be out? I I, I, be- I believe so, because okay. the international break would be that Sunday or Monday. So I would, I would believe that he would report early. Right? Okay. So interesting. Yeah, that might play into, you know, who do we play uh, against Atlanta? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, how does that transfer over to Orlando then too? Um, But good shout. I mean, yeah, I think he's the only one that I could see. Uh, You know, maybe Yerson Mascara would have been called up if he was healthy. If he was healthy, yeah. Um, That might have been a a good shout there. But, um, yeah, Orlando is going to be a little uh, treacherous. I think both games have the potential to – you know, go either way. I would be happy, honestly, with a draw and a win in two respective games. Yeah, either one. Pick one, yeah. Yeah, I want to keep winning at home, personally, and just yeah. create the best atmosphere at home that we can. Um, so, well, well, especially especially an atmosphere like Atlanta, right? You get a draw right. in Atlanta, especially an away game as well. So, yeah. you know, that's the type of environment where you're, you're happy with a, a point. I think that Pat might... Um, I don't know if he brings this up or not, Sam. I, I thought it was interesting. I saw this today and there was a lot made of the fact that we can clinch a playoff spot with a win outright tomorrow against Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple other scenarios where, you know, we draw uh, Red Bulls lose. I think uh, maybe Charlotte loses or ties or something like that in that order. But um, I, I don't know if he kind of uses that as a motivating point for him, but they're shooting for more than that, you know, yeah, like, it's like just, yeah, just go out and win. go out and play. Yeah. And the way that you guys have been and the results and the standings and the qualifying will come after that. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he really kind of touches on that. And I know people are already kind of making a big deal about it. It's pretty early to kind of, you know, quench that um, potentially, but let's just take one game at a time and just keep doing what we're doing. Well, I mean, to, to your point is what, like, it, it feels like an expectation. Right. So it's yeah. like, all right, like we expected to make the playoffs again. Right. Great. Let's go win a supporter shield. Let's go win an MLS cup. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's gotta be that mindset now that, you know, we're down to two potential trophies left. Um, <laughs> that's the big thing that we've been talking about. We have supporter shield again, the team that has the most points in the MLS at the end of the season. That's a huge deal for playoff seating. And yeah. for who would potentially host the MLS Cup uh, yeah, at the end of the playoffs, yeah. we would potentially be able to play every single game at home all the way into you know the final game. So, you know, to our point, win as much as you can, draw the games you got to draw. Um, but you know, I, I think that we're hopefully kind of steering it back the correct way. Like I had kind of mentioned in the the title, bend but don't break. You know, I think we're we got tested and that was good for us to be honest with you at this part in the season. And now we know where we stand. We're going to get some guys back and healthy. Um, and I'm ready to kind of gear up for these last several games, Sam. 
that might have been the first title like shout out like in the middle of the podcast that we've done to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> i think so too yeah sneak peek there on what the title is on that but you're probably already seeing it by the time you clicked on this so or this far in the pod yeah that's right exactly <laughs> sam i'm interested to see this uh this trivia answer go ahead and uh let us know uh yeah yeah we'll, yeah we'll wrap up the pod here at the end um so trivia question to go back um to the first half of the podcast um was really high on Brett Halsey um, getting his first start um, was the 73rd different player in FC Cincinnati history to start an MLS regular season match. Um, the question was how many players have made their FC Cincinnati first FC Cincinnati start this year? Ryan's answer was five or, and then he changed it to four. <laughs> changed to four. four. <laughs> um, the answer was eight, eight. Wow. Eight. So you had Halsey, Santos, Arias, Mascara, Angulo, Pinto, Ordonez, Bupenza. Wow. Oh, I forgot about those guys too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it very Honestly, like when I was looking at the list, you would think that a guy like Ordonez, young, but he's been around a while. You would have thought that he probably would have gotten a start up top, you know, when right. maybe Brenner was out or Vasquez was out. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was definitely, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, that is, that's a great stat. And it kind of shows that we've had to play a lot of different guys and, um, been able to get good results out of it too. So, yeah, well, I think the, the Santos point, I think Santos started in the playoffs though. He didn't start. He, no, he came in he off the bench, uh, against Red Bulls to score that goal. I thought, Okay. Vasquez plays a cross on that. I think he comes in as a sub. Gotcha. As Brenner Brenner started that. But uh, Brenner segue here. Uh, a uh, Udinese striker, uh, I believe by the name of Beto. Is that, did I uh, pronounce that correctly? Is being, I think, uh, pursued by Everton right now. Hmm. Um, so for $30 million. So looks like Brenner has the potential to be one of their starters uh, over there. So kind Pretty of cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it might pique my interest a little bit into the Italian league. Um, Zach cross, wherever you're out there listening to this podcast, <laughs> we know you're out in Italy right now. Go see Brenner, visit him, you know, bring your FC Cincinnati wear and uh, remind him that, you know, we're still following him over here in Cincinnati, but it's going to be kind of cool to kind of follow his season and see where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's going to be a really cool opportunity for him. Um, obviously left Cincinnati kind of on weird terms, right. but um, gave us a lot of good memories. So we're just going to obviously push him forward and wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. I think that kind of leaves us on a good high though. I'm ready to go for this week. We had, like we said, two big games coming up um, by the time we see you guys next week, hopefully we'll have, some pretty solid games and hopefully at least one win in a tie. I, I would love two wins. That'd be incredible. Um, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, from my standpoint, I'm going to, we'll, we'll do score predictions. Um, okay. We forgot to do score predictions, but um, I know we talked about draw and win and one. So I'll do Atlanta. We'll go one, one draw. And then um, the flip side in the Orlando game, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go 2-0. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say <laughs> the same exact prediction. 1-1 Atlanta, 2-1 against Orlando was going to be my prediction there. All right. 
So stay tuned to next week, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, follow us again on YouTube, Spotify. Uh, we're on TikTok as well. Um, but we got some good content coming out to you guys in the next couple of weeks too. So we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.